going? Everybody, welcome to another episode of our uh, episodic, what is he called? What was he called? Uh, I forgot what it was called. Like modular, modular sodic, episodic and modular series uh, after the Glass Slippers season three. Kind of the tale of what happened to Cinderella, kind of what happened after Cinderella became queen. It's mostly about her stepmother, Agatha, who at this point has lived a fairly full life between season one, two, and now three. She's currently a pit of lentils. That's right, a pit of lentils, uh, like kind of like a, a swimming pool full of lentils. Or the trash heap in, uh, like, a Fraggle Rock, uh, She's sentient pit of lentils with humanoid features, and she's a teacher, a co-teacher, co-professor of a class uh, for fairy people. And, uh, like, I don't know if it's all the fairy world and the human world in the first two seasons, I think, like, uh, like we, they all came together. Um, but anyway, it's an episodic series. Like, you'll get it. It's just a class. We're just, like, kind of listening in on her recounting the class uh, to her, uh, I guess, her lover, the letter man. But he's a letter man, and she's a pit of lentils. So I don't know how that works. But they love each other. And I think that's it. So it's like, uh, like and I'm also buying time for someone who is almost never on time. Oh, happy belated birthday, by the way. Oh, my friend, thank you. It was uh, one month ago. It was nearly. Uh, I mean, so did you take that bus I told you about with the, the sleep pods in, in the roof? No, you you gave me a $3 ticket to, to the bolt bus. Oh, yeah, 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 but I figured you could, uh, like, I don't have Hollywood money. Like, uh, that's okay. Okay, you guys, uh, hello, everyone. This is Antonio Banderas, uh, it's my birthday one month about to go, Scooter. Anyway, the ladies, the gentlemen, the boys, the girls, the friends beyond the binary, it's time for another episode of After the Glasses Slipper. Tingle, 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 whee. Okay, that was kind of weird. I liked the t I liked where you were going with it, but that weird. Anyway, after thanks Antonio Banderas, everybody. After glass slipper. Oh, hello, letter man. It is I, Agatha. You're asleep again. I've had another day of class. Oh, class let out a little while ago. I did my office hours. Oh, my letter man, he is sleeping. Next to, in his own crib, his little letter crib, next to the little baby here, child of the shepherd boy Gonzalo and Cinderella. Oh, my letter man. So I had office hours today, and it was absolutely interesting. Now, I do share an office uh, with Shelley, which is, you know, try a little bit of, uh, we're still working. We haven't unpacked yet, uh, it turns out that office hours are like hangout time for students uh, that need extra attention. And I mean attention in the sense of pay attention to me. And so, oh, that and that's private, though. I, I, so there were students visiting me. Most of it is the personal things anyway. First they say, you know, when you said this about this, uh, what do they call it? Metacommunication, a very important letterman. 
is one thing I picked right up on when I, I audited that course. Always been good at metacommunication, even though I didn't know what it was, uh, but always I used it for my own means. Uh, now I get to use it uh, for my own entertainment with these kids. I mean, I'm kidding. I, well, I'm not. It's an, You wouldn't believe uh, how dull their lives are. They're so well-behaved. Uh, and so I sat there. I talked to a lot of them. I, pad, I padded some knees. I padded some arms. Pulled out some tissues. Shelley did a lot of sighing and tapping of a pencil. I said, what kind of magic user need to, needs to tap a pencil? I'm about to tap, you're tap, tap, tapping on my patients. Also, it was interesting, you know, how they set up an office, which is basically they just put dividers around one part of my pit. Uh, and then I kind of pop up there. And uh, Shelly has, so it's like a little room. It's, uh, you know, for Shelly, it's probably more uncomfortable. I always forget that I'm a pit of lentils. So would you believe that? Uh, this is my, I mean, this is how we adjust. Uh, to me, I am just me. Now I'm a pit of lentils. Was I once a woman? I, I cannot believe I was. But I do miss it sometimes and feel forlorn. Uh, but for the most part, I say, well, I'm a pit, I'm a teacher now. I define myself. Uh, I don't. Oof, I, maybe we shouldn't talk about this, letter, man, especially with you sleeping. I never thought about it till I stopped it just now. Because I need, I need office hours. Uh, but maybe we could see it through the lens of myth, uh, my letter, man. Because oh boy, did we learn about a myth today. Uh, two of the children interviewed, uh, what's her name, uh, Horseshoe Sally. Yeah, I thought she was going to be Mustang Sally. I remember someone was called that a long time ago. But her name is uh, Shoehorn, no, no, Shoehorn, what is it? Not Shoehorn Sally, uh, Horseshoe Sally. That, uh, getting, getting my shoes and my horns all mixed up. Uh, but she, Horseshoe Sally, she's she's the best uh, horseshoe. She does all the horseshoes. She, the, the blacksmith makes the horseshoes. Horseshoe Sally, she orders them. like, uh, And she's the best at putting them on. Uh, in some towns, you just have the blacksmith do all that. But here, and people come from all over to... to, to uh, uh, so she is the best, I, uh, supposedly. And I did not interview her because the first thing I would ask is, what are these other than getting on my nerves when I'm trying to rest and clomping, clomping, what does a horseshoe do? I, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, and I would like one, horseshoe Sally and your ilk. Uh, but this, so the, ch the two children, I don't want to see the names because I don't want to embarrass. One of them was very nervous and he, they came up to the front of the room and he was, oh, he was a nervous young man. And they, they were, he, he was uh, moving his feet back and forth. And, you know, they have to share the stage, should we say. Uh, Shelley has some other term for it, but I say share the stage, uh, pass the pencil. I think that's what uh, Shelley calls it. So they do a few sentences than the other one does. And they were talking about Damag and Jalid. Yeah, these two, this famous tale in the fairy world. And I said, I was Darmark and Jalad. Yeah, but they said, Shelley said, oh, no. And the student said, no, no. Shelley corrected us at Damag and 
Jelid, Jelid, I think it's like a Jelid. Oh no, they said Doctor Shelley, and I said no, Doctor Shelley. Oh, children, you're cracking me up. Uh, and she glared at me. And first they said that a Mustang. Oh no, I keep calling a Mustang Sally. They were also showing like I won't do all of this for you, but a man. But you know they would also have to relay. Hey, this is my editing. But, you know, they would relate to me when uh, Horseshoe Sally, excuse me, was like spitting or walking around. Or also children thought it was funny that she likes to stick her thumbs in her armpit. Uh, I don't know why that's funny. I mean, I guess uh, armpits, children find armpits much more amusing than adults do. I mean, they say, yes, we sweat and uh, sometimes it smells, but who cares, like... Uh, you know, do you, when was the last time you thought about a, an armpit, a letterman? I mean, I have no armpits, but I still think I do. Uh, so they were describing that or how she would yell at customers or she would talk to the horses. And when the horses would pass gas, it, it, they still thought that the, the thumbs in the armpits was funnier than when a horse would pass gas. And the children would have to clean up after the horses so that was interesting, but this whole, oh, this tale is, now I guess long ago, these, that's how some of these tales start. There was a world, it was this world, I believe. Oh no, it was a fairy world, which is, was across a threshold in this world anyway. Uh, but it was a world much like, uh, uh, like a, a par paradise garden, uh, full of beauty, where fresh water flowed from right out of the ground and you could drink it and down the mountains. And there was a bounty of fresh berries and fruit and greens. This was the nervous boy. He said, and greens and tubers and nuts and stone fruit and tomatoes and apples and peas and beans. And they said, okay, okay, uh, bring it like, it's okay. Take a few breaths. Uh, stick your finger. I did do this too. I said, stick your fingers in your armpits and take a few breaths. And they said, and grapes and gourds and, and squashes. I said, okay, okay. We, we need to get to the story here. Too many details. You're like when my letterman talks me to sleep. Uh, yeah, but things were growing in abundance and it was it was a pretty nice place to live. The only catch was it was ruled from this great city called Winfield. And Winfield was ruled by a terrible leader, a terrible king, uh named Demag. And Demag was a grouchy and uh like ruled pretty much the known world in like uh what was interesting was long before in this paradise, they placed the Daymog originally. Oh, did they place the people and then Daymog to rule them? I don't, I missed that part. But he is what was interesting, my man. Daymog was the essence of energy, 33% feminine energy, you know, earth and feminine energy, or, and, you know, probably some from atmosphere. 33% masculine, like, energy from, uh, you know, whatever, spiders and pet tails and things. And then one-third god energy, you know, from the gods. They said, well, we'll put some god stuff in there for, for Demog to rule around. And if, and I said, like, uh, and then the, 
I don't know if they picked up on this and they were waiting for me, but I saw it as a teachable moment because they said, oh, Damag was never in balance because of this. You know, there was always conflict. And I said, well, yes, because have you ever split a pie in three ways? Could you do that? And the children said, but, uh, and I said, 33, 33, 33. And then I said, and they said, oh, yes, there was a great small sliver of emptiness in Damag. And so we talked about that for a while. Because Damag had these three parts that were in conflict, but also this empty 1% will say that Damag was always moving. This is, we were theorizing, you know, this is a class, so we were intellectualized. You know, this was, oh boy, the conversations we had. Uh, but that was like, I don't know if you it can be irritable and irascible, but uh, Damag spent a lot of time conquering and like controlling people uh because of the con- all these conflicts going on within it and the emptiness uh that Damag was missing this little piece uh and uh, it was it made for like a, like the people of the world they had this beautiful world to live in uh, but they had this leader that was very unpredictable and brutish and uh Kind of tactless and could say, well, geez, I don't like you one bit and that kind and rude, you know, just could be rude. And so at some point, the gods grew tired of this behavior. You know, for a while, they thought it was amusing watching Damag, you know, take over everything. And, you know, Damag was also highly intelligent, uh, but, but, you know, so, you know, building stuff and all that, but the gods said, well, this is growing tiresome. Like the gods would say, well, that was my favorite tree, and they might chopped it down, or so on and so on. So they called the wanderer, and they said, get down there. You you know, you, you're two energies, Damag is three. Go down there and teach you, give Damag some advising. You know, you were the one that fixed that other situation, Go down there and fix this one and make Damag less of a grouch. But, oh, if something similar to you does not, like, when you find something you dislike, it is usually something similar to you. So as soon as Damag met the Wanderer, Damag was not a fan of the Wanderer. And very quickly, like, the people even, then they united the people with Damag and said, no, 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 we don't like this Wanderer. So that that didn't work. Uh, There was no advice given by the Wanderer. And the wanderer was chased out of town, and the people were united again for a short time. Uh, but then, like, the gods grew tired of again. They said, what are we going to do? And then one of the goddesses, uh, that the livestock people, of course, uh, Horseshoe Sally, Fiona, this is the goddess Fiona. And uh, Horseshoe Sally is a big fan of Fiona. And so Fiona sent down her daughter, which was a goat named Jalid. And this was the most beautiful goat that has ever walked the earth. Uh, and they sent Jalid down uh, to go and butt Damag and see what would happen. Uh, but Jalid, she was, she was strong. She was beautiful, unshakable. And so she went down, she butted Damag, ate Damag's shoes and those type of things. And because of her personality, she wouldn't deal with any of Damag's nonsense. And because she, she was, uh, who was it, uh, Fiona's daughter, 
you know, Damog would try, tried to control her, you know, tried to, uh, you know, put a, like a, like a leash on her. She ate the leash. Yeah, put a bell on her to what, no, when she go away, she ate the bell. And all the time she would just stare at Damog. And finally, Damog started to see the twinkle in, uh, Jalid's eye. And just to see that he couldn't control this goat, and that this goat was beautiful, uh, fair of, oh, like, uh, best smelling goat I've heard. Uh, this is what the children said, uh, the ever, ever to exist, uh, beautifully soft uh, in the sweetest bar. And anytime, and, and then Damag just started to talk to, uh, to Jalid finally. And uh, we'd just sit there, and they'd be in the field, and Jalid would be eating grass, and Damag would talk uh, and talk about Because now here's one thing. Damag didn't know Damag was missing 1%, uh, but uh, Jalid picked up on it, and uh, she seemed to fill in in that percentage. She, she never She never spoke of it just yet. But they spent all the time together, because Damag loved to talk, and... Uh, all Zizhalid could do is ba and make eye contact and use body language. And then they started to have adventures. They would go to bed, these places, inns, bed and breakfast inns. And they would go shopping and uh, with antiques. And Zizhalid uh, would eat antiques and uh, uh, Damag would pay for them. You know, they would go on hikes uh, where Damag could talk, and uh, Damag started to feel understood and less in conflict with the three sides, uh, suddenly getting attention uh, from this goat. And uh, now, now this is, uh, you know, Damag is a god, so not just one generation, but in Angelid was also a god, goat, goddess, goat, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and so they would spend the time, and slowly Damag learned, watching Jalid, of how to watch things and how to take things in and how to be stubborn with time instead of, like, wrangling your way. And so uh, Damag started to become softer leader in kindness, and Damag started to recognize how that empty feeling felt less empty when Jalid was there listening and so Damag learned to listen uh, to the people of Winfield and the people beyond Winfield, and they learned by watching Damag. And the world started to reach this uh, this place where things were not half bad, uh, and they still lived in earth and paradise, and so everything was good there. Now up in the god world, the gods weren't happy about this either because they're unpleasable, apparently. And so all this abundance and, and, and non-conflict, the gods had nothing to talk about because they used to always talk about uh, if what Damag was doing it was right or was wrong or they would be betting and who would be conquered. And, and slowly this became dull for them. And so they kind of tried all sorts of trickery. They tried... Uh, you know, taking Jalid away and hiding her, and then uh, Damag was able to find, uh, went across the sea and found uh, uh, Jalid. 
And then they tried uh, casting some sort of spell, which Jalid was cross, and I forget. Oh, I think those were two different ones. Uh, again, the kids spent so much time talking about uh, Horseshoe Sally's armpits that it like, became tiresome. But they said, oh, like, so the gods, like, uh, they confused Jalid so she didn't know who Damag was once or that she didn't like him anymore. And then that was solved. And they tried everything, and they finally became upset. And they said, "Let's just." Bring, they said, uh, 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 "Just bring her back to live with us." Uh, they told her mother, and her mother refused. Uh, so they said, "Well, you're not a goddess anymore, and neither is your daughter." And they said, "Why don't you, you know, why don't you take a break somewhere?" And so though they took a break in existing a little bit, and. Uh, this was uh, news to Damag. Damag was so upset uh, that tears flowed from, you know, they created rivers that washed away half of Winfield. And then Damag stomped Damag's feet and another part of Winfield was gone. And the people of Winfield, they begged Damag, oh, please, you know, use all the skills. And they built, you know, ta- like uh, great statues of Jalid. And the biggest one sat outside the city, and Damag would sit there. And then finally he said, oh, I must go away. So then Damag went too far away to live alone. And, uh, like, uh, you know, live out and, uh, like, uh, eat chips. And Damag stopped wearing shirts and only wore sh- shorts. And Damag would just sit around watching birds in a bird bath all day long, eating snacks and doing not much else. Uh, and that was even more boring for the gods. But And then the gods said, you know what, this whole idea was, like, let's just restart this whole thing. This, uh, whatever this is, this humanity or whatever this, I don't know what they called it, but they said, let's, uh, let's, and they said, let's mix it up, though. So then they started, like, uh, sending, like, almost permanent challenges at the people of, the, like, Winfield in the greater Winfield area. So they sent the shaking earth and volcanoes and waves and, you know, too much rain, not enough rain, and testing and testing the people, and it got very chaotic. And Damag was asleep for most of this. Uh, and finally, like, the people said, well, we can't handle much more of this. What happened to Damag? Like, why did the gods, uh, why did Damag abandon us? Why did the gods abandon us? And the wanderer was watching the whole time, feeling terribly guilty, uh, but also kind of identifying, like, after seeing Damag uh, uh, talking to Jalid, the wanderer had actually hidden Jalid for the wanderer's uh, self, uh, and uh, no one knew about this, uh, uh, Horseshoe Sally said. Uh, and so, like, uh, the, the Wanderer felt like maybe I should intervene because now uh, Jalit lives with me. And so the Wanderer went down to, to the island where Damag had gone to live alone and eat chips and sleep. And the Wanderer sat down and woke up Damag, and Damag said, "It's oh, it's you, the debater." And for a while, they devoted, they had like a, a five five way debates uh, back and forth between the two halves of the wanderer. 
in the three halves of Damag. Now, meanwhile, the world was crashing down around them. And because, of, like, a debate only really needs, uh, like, is a one-on-one thing. And then there was so, so there could, every, at every moment, one part of Damag was unengaged. And finally, the godlike part and the feminine part were communicating, saying, this is ridiculous, we're just arguing here. And I could see the world, like, uh, and it said, quick, grab a part of the wanderer uh, and stick it in this little empty space. Uh, so Damag reached out and reached into one of the debating sides of the wanderer. Uh, the more virulent, uh, aggressive debating side, uh, pulled it out uh, and squinched it up and put it like a little puzzle piece right inside of Damag. And believe it or not, that like 50% of the Wanderer fit right in that 1% of Damag perfectly. And suddenly the Wanderer was shaken out of a revere and Damag was re- like a grief gone. And Damag said, I feel great. Uh, I feel like I, you know, like I, I know what, like I, all of a sudden, it, this was long to explain, but uh, something about that re triggered uh, Damag's love of the people and love of the world and a commitment to the world. And as they assess things together, the wanderer, who was now just a one, one perspective god, and Damag, they said, "This is all over the world. All these things are going on, and the gods are messing with it. Uh, what are we possibly going to do? How, we can't put a stop to it ourselves to help all the people." And uh, the wanderer said, "Well, I came down to advise you, and this was how." I don't know the mechanics. This wasn't part of the story, but that's how the whole fairy thing got going in a more, I don't know, again, like, uh, but they called all the leaders of the world. And the wanderer went off, and I don't know how they got all the, then they got an advisor from the, from the wanderer. Like, we only know what Damag did, which was gather all the leaders of the world together. And then these uh, fairy godparents came. At the time, they weren't called that, but they were advisors. And each, like each nation or each city state, got a good leader with a good advisor. And Damag said, "Figure out how to get deal with these uh, catastrophes that are going on. Keep your people fed. Keep you know, I'll be here to help, but I got to go deal with the gods right now." And put a stop to all this nonsense. Uh, so Damag did so, and Damag. So the, all the leaders went back with their advisors, and again they they started to do the best. Now these weren't gods; these were just regular uh, humanities. I don't know if you, I don't know what uh, we'll say they were human, and so they all went back and did the best to to keep them. And then Damag went up to marched up to the gates of uh, the gods' areas. Uh, and, uh, you know, demanded, uh, they said, you took my Jalid away from me. Now, uh, the Wanderer never told, uh, Damag about Jalid. And I don't know if Jalid was the one helping, uh, uh, the Wanderer, uh, procreate all these fairy godparents. Could be, could be, uh, but, uh, they, they sent, like Damag said, I've had enough of your intervening on human affairs. 
and you sent Jalid to me, and you take Jalid away, and you, you crafted me for your entertainment. Uh, and uh, there was many more missions uh, for Daymog up there. Started stopping Kano, the Vul Vulcan God, and stopping the Wave King, and dealing with the Earth Shaker, and many trials and tribulations to, to, to put the Earth back at rest. Uh, uh, from all the nonsense the gods had been up to, very heroic. And so heroic and exhausting that in the end, Demag climbed to the center of the world and went to sleep, uh, curled up in a little uh, ball. And that's why they say the center of the earth uh, is, it, is, is a curled up ball. It's, uh, it's a Demag living there, asleep, uh, in permanent slumber, I believe, but, you know, could come back if we need Damag. Though, again, I think this is, and I get confused with these. If it's a little, I don't think it's a literal thing. And then I think that was it. And then we had a big class discussion about all the things the students learned from this, which is a lot like the emptiness. Everyone was focused on that. Oh, do we all carry this empty percent uh, somewhere in us? Uh, was that symbolic of how we feel or a cause of how we feel? And Dr. Shelley, she always wants to answer these questions, which I believe are unanswerable. So we get into a debate about that. And the students say, you're like a couple of wanderers on the inside of Damag's head. And then we also talked about the importance of these boundaries. So like how... How many advisors have failed to connect with Damag? You know, the more ones that tried to to influence or whisper that Damag was supposed to listen to, it didn't really help by accepted by a stubborn goat that listened to Damag, was able to set the world right until the gods intervened again. And this is like a lot of this fairy tradition of boundaries of listening, and, and I don't think they use the word stubborn, but of uh, being steadfast in your ways. Uh, uh, this is Jalid is a big deal among uh, the, the the old the old fairy traditions, uh, in how they would be trained to advise, and how uh, you know other myths talk about how special this role was. Uh, that helped, you know, to keep the humankind flourishing. And, you know, some kids said, don't fall in love. You know, that's the thing. Don't fall in love with the goat. Don't fall in love with the god. Uh, and we said, well, we never said they were in love with each other. They just loved one another. And the kids cleared the throats and laughed and said, who are you kidding? And then another one said, well, don't trust the gods. That's another one. Uh, I think Dr. Shelley said humans are unfit to lead. That was a, well, that was her theory, which I said was ludicrous. Uh, uh, gentle guidance, gentle but stubborn guidance. These children are so bright. Uh, your guidance doesn't need to be perfect. And finally, little Carlo said uh, uh, the, the magic of listening and eye contact, and I did. I said, I, I said, I can't make eye contact with you, Carlo. It's making me cry. I mean, I didn't say that out loud, but I thought it's oh, the magic of listening. And then Dr. Shelley, she did do good. She said, this is the richness of our stories, of our culture, 
that are being lost, uh, uh, and, and, and that we need to keep sharing. It's a good thing that Mustang, uh, Horseshoe Sally, uh, remembered these things. And then Shelly had one last surprise, which was, she said, uh, she told her how, uh, that putting your thumbs in your armpits, uh, was a symbol of thoughtfulness and focus and how, you know, Mustang Sally, is uh, like uh, from this. Uh, it was interesting. So I guess I forgot what her main point was, but that uh, that they were laughing at. But I, I don't know. I don't know. It was, it was a nice point to, to say that she was really trying to give them yeah, their full attention and fully focus. And oh, it's just a lovely day to learn more about all these things and to be a part of this. Uh, Exciting thing to let him so now I'll curl up behind you here, my little letter and my little baby. It is late in the four PM soon we will rise for supper. But now it is time to let the warm afternoon sun warm us as I lie here against this quilt uh, so comfortable on its surface. My head on the pillow, uh, thinking of a beautiful goat, listening to all I have to say, and watching me with its kind, interested, twinkling eyes. Oh, to be a member of this community and learn more. What a great day it is. Uh, good night, little man. Um.